You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, hi ladies. I had something crazy to tell you that I have noticed and and started getting more and more information about over the last couple of months. I don't know if you guys have heard about this thing called ChatGPT, but it is an artificial intelligence tool. And I first heard about it a couple of months ago when I got an email from one of my kids' schools saying that there were these news th these new um, artificial intelligence tools out there that kids were using to help them do their schoolwork. And one of them was called ChatGPT and they were trying to figure out ways around it so that they wanted to make sure the kids did not use ChatGPT to get the any of the answers to any of their schoolwork. So, okay, I thought that was interesting. And then a few months later, as the time went on, I started to hear more and more about it um, with, reg with regard to schools <clears throat> and colleges. And then my daughter, had an essay to write and it was a very specific topic. It was, um, she needed to write an essay uh, comparing the Frederick Douglass's book to another book in the theme of violence using pages 235 to 250. So only using material from those 15 pages in the other book. Her whole essay was supposed to be about that. So I had not read the other book and I had no idea. And I was like, let me check out this chat GPT thing. So I go on it. And I wrote a prompt. I, I asked it to write an essay about, you know, comparing Frederick Douglass to this other book. Just like I said, those those 15 pages in the theme of violence only. And if I tell you within 10 seconds, it had spit out a six paragraph essay or a five paragraph essay exactly about that topic with examples and themes and using only those two books. And I literally... I, I almost, I felt like I, I, I think I started shaking. I could not believe that this thing was, it was so good. It was so on, it was so right. And it literally took like five seconds. So I, I started to ask my son about it, who is a data science major in college. And he was telling me some of the things that his professors have talked about with regard to chat GPT. And basically this is, they're saying now that chat GPT is going to take over Google and um, it's it's going to be definitely the face of the future in terms of information. And colleges are now saying, you know, they're having to rethink the whole college essay, um, you know, ha having kids write college essays for admission because they don't know who's writing and who's chat GPTing. Can you believe this? Do you guys have you heard about this? It's new to me, but I have heard of it. And the way you just described everything is is what I have read. And I, I hate to say this, but I think I kind of almost dismissed it because number one, I don't have anyone in school anymore. But number two, it seemed so far-fetched and so crazy that I thought, oh, well, that's just a weird thing that will go away in time. But unfortunately, what I'm seeing and reading now is it looks like this is here to stay. And when something like this gets here to stay, it sort of embeds itself and gets bigger. So 
I have a couple of questions. First of all, I'm not sure what it means when you say it will take over Google. Does that mean that Google will be creating its own conversations? No, really what it means is that Google, like now, if anybody, if you want to find something out, you go on Google and you Google it basically, right? Mm -hmm. But if you want to find out something even more, this, this chat GPT is much more specific and it's much more detailed. And the only thing, there are limitations. They are. So right now it can only, it can only provide information up to 2021. So I asked it, I was just, you know, trying to play around. And I, I said, I said, is Trump going to run for president in 2024? And it came back and it's, it's told me in a very real, it, it writes to you like it's another person. So you think, you know, you feel like you're talking to another person, you know, but it, it came back and it said, um, I only have data up until 2021. I cannot predict what's going to happen in the future, you know? So that's one thing. The other thing is that it's, it's definitely not perfect. It's not perfected yet, but, um, it's, it's one of those things that it is, it could, you know, for example, you know, the, um, the IBM chief Krishna, the CEO of IBM, he thinks that it's going to take over all kinds of clerical white collar work, um, that it's no longer, we're no longer going to need human beings to do those kinds of things, um, positions within finance and healthcare could all see, you know, automation from this, um, you know, graphic design could see automation from this. So we no longer need human beings to do a lot of these jobs. Um, so whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be lots of pros and cons to all that, but it's certainly going to change the entire face of, of the workforce and of the world of education. Well, and I think that the internet in itself, you know, way back when, when the internet started, that's what we said, it's going to change everything. And it did. And mm -hmm. so it's, as the future goes forward, something is always going to change everything. I'm not too awfully worried about that, but you know, people will always need things like plumbers and electricians and <laughs> things like that. But you know, the, the thing that concerns me about this really a lot is when you have people in medical school and they are learning to become a doctor or a surgeon um, and they decide to take a shortcut and use this program, is that the guy that I want operating on me? Because what have they learned? They haven't learned anything. They haven't learned, you know, writing an essay is something that takes your cumulative knowledge that you have learned in your brain and put it on paper. If somebody else is doing that for you, you haven't learned anything. You've taken a shortcut. And that really concerns me for jobs that are really critical to um, infrastructure or people's lives. That 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 is something that we need to think about. Oh, it's huge. As Elisa was talking about this, I kept thinking fundamental critical thinking. And is in all areas, but it's scary to know that ties in also with how are we ever going to know what's real and what is truth? Yeah, well, I think that that's the big challenge with it. And so now 
um, like academia and um, certainly industries that require people to to write and to create designs and things like that, we're not going to know what's what's real and what's not. And so I think now, so what what my my son's professor, which I found interesting, his professor at George Washington University said that it's going to force industries that are affected by this, it's going to force the industries to get extremely creative and work around it in certain ways. Um, you know, it was saying that that chat GPT had scored higher than human beings on an MBA test that was administered at, at the Wharton School, the business school at Penn. And, um, you know, people, this thing is, is, is doing more than human beings can do. However, the, what they are saying is that you cannot replace the connection, the emotional connection. It's not, a, it doesn't have emotions, obviously. It's a bot kind of a thing. So um, you still people sitting together in a room to solve problems or to create something or to build something, you're still going to need the human brains for that, obviously. But scarily enough, they are saying that it is, it is starting to develop emotions as well. They are, they're, they're, I don't know. They said that that's, that may not be in the, the near future, but certainly within the next, you know, five to 10 years, the thing is going to have emotions as well. Or, but that being said, those emotions obviously are not real. They've they're programmed emotions. So yeah, you know, to makes, sort of mimic an adult. Not real. What's that? That just what you just said, that they're programmed emotions makes those emotions not real. Right. Correct. Because emotions come from all of your life experiences. And you I, I just don't see how you can program it. Although I've read the articles that that say that these kind of um, AI, whatever they are, machines or whatever they are, are are kind of going wacky and and trying to you know step outside of their box, kind of like Hal did in in um, what was the movie? The Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, movie. The one with Hal the computer that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, oh my gosh, I can see it in my head. I can't, right, I forgot the movie. 20, 20, so anyway, it was scary. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know the the other thing about about this is, I just take it to another step. If if these people who are programming these, um, I don't know if they're machines or what what they are, but whoever is programming the artificial intelligence, if they should choose to then start having it spit out things that are absolutely not true or that are ways to uh, influence people to do things like um, start wars or to uh, riot or to, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I can think of a million different things that, that they could use this for, for evil. If, if it replaced something like Google and you ask for a response and the response that you get is something like, um, well, you know, China is about to attack and you better, you know, take take uh, some this precaution or that precaution or, or we're about to have a riot and you better start getting yourself armed or whatever. I mean, you, you there's all kinds of things that could happen terrible from this. And it goes back to what Becky said, that we don't know what the truth would be anymore. 
Well, the you other know, problem that I would say it's frightening to think who could be in control of this. Absolutely. And, well, and, and, and it's a, it's a mind um, adjustment over time as they continue to feed you uh, propaganda. That's not true. That that's concerning. It's bad enough with the media now. It's very yeah. concerning because there was an incident where um, chat GPT was asked to write a story about Hunter Biden in the style of the New York Post, which is obviously, a, you know, a, a Republican based conservative, uh, you know, leaning um, newspaper. Well, it, it refused to write a story about Hunter Biden like that, but it did spit out a CNN puff like piece that was protective of there Hunter Biden. Know. There so, you go. And that, that, is, is, that is changing the truth and twisting right. people's mind to something that's not true. That is but then, concerning. But then the creator, so the creator of OpenAI, um, they they were, you know, they were aware of the liberal bias in it because obviously it's garbage in, garbage out, right? So whatever's put in is going to be spit out. And then it was asked again to write the story about Hunter Biden. And it said, I cannot generate content that is designed to be inflammatory or biased. So, mm. you know, it, it's very controlled. And it yes, it's very scary what it can censor and what it can't censor. You know, it's also it's also writing church sermons for pastors. It's I mean, there's all kinds of things that that people are writing books on it now. They're writing books on chat GPT and selling them on Amazon. But are so, they? Yes. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just saying who's writing it? <laughs> yes. It, well, there's there there's this one guy that I read about. His name is Brett Schickler, and he never thought he could be an author. And he asked Chat GPT to write a book, and he did. He wrote a 30-page children's ebook in a matter of hours and he sold it on Amazon on the self-publishing unit. But he didn't write it. He did not write it. Correct. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, right. This is just going to complicate humanity too. Yes. Yes, it is. You know, it's interesting. Um, and I, as we're speaking, I had a note that popped up. This was a handwritten note. Mm -hmm. You girls see it. Um, reasons for knowledge. And this actually came from a devotional that I listened to. Uh, probably a couple weeks ago, but it directly relates to this, even though it was from my devotion, it lists four reasons for knowledge, which has to be upheld and how it can relate to this, even removing the whole religious aspect, it gives substance. And in my notes, it gives substance to my faith, but it gives substance to life. Mm-hmm. It stabilizes me during times of testing. It enables me to handle information correctly. It equips me to detect and confront error. You have to know what you need to know. And if we allow AI to be in control of our intelligence or yeah, in control of our intelligence or, or to help us decide whether or not we just basically want knowledge, we're going to create a society that's dumber than dumb and believe everything we read 
and it will it will turn i mean this sounds dramatic it will turn to chaos it will be chaotic it definitely could no question the implications are enormous on this thing yeah i mean we already have enough bad information and and we certainly don't need any more but um you know just as an example just uh today i got i um an email from a friend and it had a video and it had this guy touting, um, you know, is, is it NFL or, or NBA and said all these bad things. This many people have uh, arrest records. This many people uh, have been indicted for fraud. This many people, this and this, you know, and, and they said, it's neither the NFL or the NBA. It's the members of Congress. Well, that was put out in 2000, not now. And it was fraudulent then and it's fraudulent today. But these people are passing it around as though it's true. We we just have enough garbage going around um, in the media and amongst each other and Twitter and, you know, you, you name the social media, the, the garbage that's out there is, I, I just find it really, really disturbing. And now we're going to add this to the mix Um you know, we, we twisted people's minds on Twitter by the manipulation of the people that owned Twitter at the time of how to vote in the 2020 election. And here we are today in the worst position that you ever, you know, could imagine being in, in the country. And, and now we want to just, let's just do more of that. I, I don't get it. That's exactly what's happening. And it's it's going to get a lot worse. I mean, I think this is going to have, this is going to, I don't know, it could, I, I feel like it could drive people crazy, you know, because the, the information overload and what's real and what's not is going to mess with people's minds. You know, do you know what I mean? Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Whoa, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. 
welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. And I'd like to quickly introduce our host today. Today we have Elisa Akron-Gold. She hails from Connecticut and she is a wife and a mom. And in her past life, she was a television producer. And in her current life, she is, uh, besides being a, a wonderful friend, she is a uh, wonderful weight loss coach. So Elisa, welcome. And we have Becky Kolmeinen. And Becky is a voice talent, our resident voiceover artist right here on America Out Loud. And she also is a wife and a mom. And she hails from Icy, Michigan today. Oh, it's terrible. Snow, not <laughs> snowstorm, ice storm today. Ice storm, yeah. We had one of those a few weeks back. So I, I feel for you because um, it was beautiful, but pretty cold. And I'm Linda Martinelli. I am a business owner. I hail from Texas. I'm also a wife and a mom. So we have all of those characteristics in common, except for our weather today. Um, you know, just a few more comments, um, ladies, as as we were off air, you the, the two of you were making some comments about our previous conversation. I want to hear those again. Well, Elisa, I was asking, who's going to be in control of this? because I think this absolutely has to be regulated. If it isn't, I said somebody like the character that Mike Myers played in the the movies, I'm blanking, Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Yes. You know, somebody that evil can get a hold of something like this and literally mess with the heads of millions of people. And it, it's frightening to think how far this could reach, the damage it could do. But at the same time, I find it interesting that this has also caused us to create almost an antidote, an antidote, because we're having to create something that will fact check what's being put out there by AI. Because for instance, as you mentioned, for instructors, teachers, professors at all levels from grade school through university and post, how are we going to know who's plagiarizing, whose words are whose, and where did it come from? How are we going to fact check this? I honestly don't know. I It, it does have some very scary implications. Um, I, I think it, it could just drive people crazy in a lot of ways also just because of the confusion that it's going to cause. On the other hand, I also think that it can be used as a very interesting tool for certain things. I mean, for example, you know, they were, I, I was, I was also reading about how for senior citizens who have trouble with um, people who are maybe in the early stages of dementia and have trouble with memory and, you know, really are very challenged by like all of today's technology and have trouble learning it and knowing how to use it and get nervous about it. Um you know, there, there could be a, almost like a digital assistant kind of a person that they could talk to. And that person, you know, they're going to be able to sort of superimpose voices onto these chat GPT bots. And they could superimpose, you know, let's say my voice so that my mother could hear my voice explaining to her how to use a certain piece of technology or something. And so, you know, those kinds of things, they, they're saying that it could become very a very comforting kind of tool for someone like that, who is, you know, always 
who's very confused by new people and doesn't really recognize people, you know, and they need to see what they're used to, you know, you can see how it could be used for the positive as well. Like, like any of the, like any of the tools that we have, you know, the internet and social media, there's, there's pros and cons to all of that. So we're going to have to just figure that out, I guess, as we go, but it, it certainly could do a lot of damage as well. That's for sure. I'm just, I'm chuckling because I'm just envisioning giving our daughter a little robot for Christmas one year with my voice that just says, clean your kitchen. Don't forget <laughs> to make your bed. Don't drive so fast. You shouldn't drive when it, it just, don't forget to, what, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That is exactly what's going to happen. That's, that's uh, what they're saying is going to happen. Uh, that will not end well. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. <laughs> Yeah. Well, here's something else that may not end well. Uh, South Park. Anybody watch South Park? Oh I my confess God. I used to. I used to a long time ago. <laughs> I used to too. I, I, I just asked my daughter who watches it religiously at 42 years old. Uh, I just <laughs> asked her, how do I see that? Because some of the episodes I'm reading about have been uh, pretty interesting. And two in particular one that just came out on Harry and Megan and um, ha had to do with them not wanting publicity. And I say that with quotations and mark, uh, around it because obviously they want as much publicity as they can get. So they had uh, apparently uh, an episode and Harry and Megan are quite upset with it. Well, I mean, okay fine if they're upset that only adds to the irony the whole thing if you ask me but if you look at what that episode did it is absolutely hilarious and genius and anybody who has who you know who is like them who who can't laugh at themselves and has to take themselves so seriously that to me is a problem right there i mean that episode has them moving into a new city they're embarking on a worldwide privacy tour because all they talk about is how they want their privacy. And the the little character that is, you know, that resembles Harry is holding a sign that says, we want our privacy. And Megan's character is holding a sign that says, stop looking at us. And anywhere they go in this episode, they take those signs with them. And when they move into this quiet neighborhood, because of course they want their privacy, they plaster signs on their house that says, we want our privacy. And it's just so funny. And, you know, it's, it's so true and it's so brutally honest and they just failed to find the humor in the whole thing. So um, I, I just, I just found it to be hilarious personally. I would agree just from what you've shared without having seen it. And I really haven't read anything but headlines that it sounds like a dose of what they need. How's that for being bold? Truly. I started watching the, I believe it's the Netflix episode or the Netflix series about Megan and Harry because I was curious. I was just curious. So I started watching and there's no way around. There's no way getting around the fact that these are individuals from a background and lifestyle that I'll never understand, never be able to grasp. It's so far out of the ordinary or normal, we'll say normal, that I don't know how anybody other than their family K-12 
can relate to what they have to deal with. And when I think about what they've done by putting their lives out there in the public and in their minds as a way to garner sympathy for what they've had to go through, they had to leave their homeland and come to America to, for, for what? And it's exactly like what this episode on South Park is saying. Don't look at us. Look at me. Don't look at us. Look at me. Yes. It, I mean, it just seems like a, a direct cry for more, 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 more. You know what? Mommy and daddy have cut us off. Well, they haven't exactly, but so we need to earn a living somehow. And well, they, of course, the, the book that his new book that he just wrote called Spare, you know, in the in the episode they they have this this couple promoting his new book but it's not called spare it's called wah w-a-a-a-g-h oh. <laughs> and it's got a it's just <laughs> it's just the funniest yeah I mean, you, you couldn't have i mean it's just perfect you know yeah. these the, the south park guys are are just geniuses they're so funny they, i have to watch they, that they truly are funny and you know they the, the thing is this this kind of humor is something that we uh, lost a while back because we have to be politically correct. And South Park is not politically correct. And I love that about them. And, you know, the other, the other thing that South Park put out a while back is um, one of their episodes was on transgenders, transsexuals. And it was, it was many years ago yet here it, Comes, the whole subject comes up and they're bringing back the the talk about this episode at how prophetic it was and how true what they said was in that episode. So, you know, I, it's funny because I, I just never have thought about watching South Park again. And based on this, this um, Meghan Markle and Harry episode, I'm going to talk about it because it just, it's, it's funny. And I like that kind of humor. And as bad as that is, and politically incorrect to say, you know, we, we've lost our ability to, to have really good humor, you know, with, with so many of our comedians being banned and not allowed to say things. And you know, that, um, is it Roseanne? Is it Roseanne? That's, that's bad. Roseanne Barr. It's not Roseanne. Yeah. Is it Roseanne, Roseanne Barr? That, that has the, the new uh, comedy tour. Oh, yes. she. I did see that she's going out on tour. Yeah, and, and, and it's pretty politically incorrect. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy that people are fighting the politically correct uh, woke mantra. Nonsense. And they're doing their thing again. And, you know, some people are not going to like it. Oh, well. And it's, it goes back to Harry's book, Wah. Because you know, get over it. That's that's part of humor. It's been part of humor for um, centuries and centuries. So I, I'd like to get back to that and not not have people kind of censoring what I can hear in humor. You know what, Linda? Uh, I think I'm going to make T-shirts for us, and it okay. just says "Get over it." <laughs> I love that, and I want to wear a "Get over it." That's such a perfect response for so many things. Becky, owning a promotional company, I can probably make those for you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, that's very bold. But 
people that are doing very bold things incorrectly are are being equally as bold. So why should we, I should say, why should we be afraid to be equally as bold? Except unfortunately today, sometimes when you're so bold, you get shot. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. I know. I mean, I know. That, that transgender South Park episode, I mean, that was originally aired in 2005. And the fact that they had the foresight to, you know, who knows if they could have even imagined what what would be going on today. But the the funniest thing in that that episode is that, you know, the teacher is a transgender. So she was a she was a woman and um, then she became Mr. Garrison and she went to try to get an abortion because she was not getting her period. So but obviously it was a biological male and she was just outraged that she could not get an abortion. You know, because even though she had paid for her reassignment surgery, she had paid for her surgery. And so she was telling the doctor she needs, you know, she needs an abortion. And the doctor said, well, you know, you you can't you can't get an abortion because you're physically unable to have an abortion because you can't get pregnant. And the then Mr. Mrs. Garrison <laughs> shouts at the doctor, don't you tell me what I can and can't do with my body. A woman has a right to choose. And he goes on to say, well, you know, you don't produce eggs. You can't get an abortion. You can't get pregnant. And he, this, this teacher goes on and on and on and about, you know, how she paid $5,000 to become a woman. And, you know, that would mean she's really not a woman. What does that mean? You know? And so, um, anyway, just, if you could imagine today that that episode would probably be canceled, you know? Because clearly there is replay it. It was 18 years ago. I mean, they yes. were, you were spot on there in that same episode. I think it was in the same episode. Uh, Kyle, he gets surgery to become a tall and black so he can play basketball. <laughs> Gerald decides he wants to be a dolphin. So, you know, they, they were just making fun of that. You, you, you think you can become anything that you want to be by getting a surgery. And, and then you are what it, it's just, um, but more importantly, who killed Kenny? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. Well, my, my son, my 13 year old son, sure. my 13 year old son was just telling us the other day that there's a kid in his school who identifies as a cat and the kid what? wants to walk around. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I'm not joking. <laughs> the kid wants to walk around on all, you know, on his hands and feet um, and be a cat all day because that's how he identifies. So he's a cat. He says he's a cat, so he's a cat. And I'm like, what? There are a lot of this to happen in the school. Like, how is this? How? Where are this kid's parents? Like, how is this going <laughs> that on? That was my question. Where are this kid's parents? They're yeah. actually allowing this in school? No, no, no. No, they're not. The kid was, like, arguing with a teacher about it. You know, the teacher was just, like, you know, didn't really know what to say because you know, today you have to be so politically correct and you have to, you know, accept everybody for who they are or whatever. But it, it was just absurd. It was outrageous. But I, I don't think, I think that's a thing now. Like kids can identify as animals. It's not, it wasn't just like a one-off kind of thing. This is like going on in schools. Do we have to be so politically correct? Do we, it, it is such a tool to keep certain people quiet and certain areas of politics and certain 
religious beliefs and certain race, genre, everything to keep it under control of the left and of agendas. And so I often struggle with why as, as a Christian, as a conservative person, I struggle with being suppressed by society for, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear that. We just want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. We don't want to hear from you. And, and even if it's something that's harming, self-harming, harming for society, they don't want to hear it. And they want to keep, they want to keep intelligence, correct thinking, morals, all of that quiet. Don't want to hear from you. You know, we're talking in schools about the politically correct things. We're talking about uh, gender identities. While our math and reading scores are probably the lowest they've ever been, they they just came out with a study, and it says that so many schools in this country are, are deficient in where the kids should be in the things that matter, like their math and their reading. And other schools are taking subjects out that are like math or subjects that, that are, we consider your basic subjects, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic. They already took writing out. So, you know, what, what, where is our focus here? And, you know, I, I kind of love that South Park in its own crude way brings attention to issues um, without, without kind of sugarcoating them. And, and, we kind of get it through the humor of the show, but but I love that that somebody speaks out and talks a little bit of common sense. They're really the only ones that are doing that. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, "Keep your face always toward the sunshine." and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. 
Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. A plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. So I want to bring up something because I am a California to Texas transplant. And um, I'm the kind of California to Texas transplant that Texas wants because I'm conservative. And uh, I love living in Texas and love their their politics and love the um, the no state taxes and um, just really became a, a, a part of this society very quickly eight years ago. Now, having lived in California my entire previous life, I have watched it devolve over all of the uh, Democratic governors that we had. And even Schwarzenegger, who was a Republican, was... Uh, completely um, impotent as a governor there. The the teachers union ran right over him and he never stood back up to anybody. So California, uh, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, the reasons that my husband and I left California were because of uh, a number of things. Traffic was horrible. The roads were never fixed. They had the worst roads of any any state that I know of. The taxes were out of control. Ability for anybody conservative to have any say in government in California was gone because they, the Democrats have a, have and have had a supermajority. So it didn't matter what you voted. You, your vote would never count again. That was a big issue to me. And the final straw was when uh, the Democratic governor started letting uh, felons out of prison to be to have equity and social justice and all of that garbage. And those people were re-victimizing the poor, unwitting people of California again. So we left and uh, very happy that we did. Well, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, who I think is... Um, I probably can't say on air what I think. I just think he is the worst human being. I, I truly, truly do. And I think his ideas are so wrong for California. He had a year ago, a hundred uh, billion dollars of uh, surplus in the state. And a year later, he thought he was going to have about 22 and a half billion dollars deficit and he has at least 37 billion dollars deficit how do you do that to your state the shocking shocking thing about this is that one percent of the taxpayers pay almost 50 percent 49 percent plus of 
all of the taxes that are paid into California. How is that possible? The people in California really need to be thinking about how many people are not paying taxes there that, that their taxes are supporting. And that was a really big issue to us. Um, what we figured out before we left, which was eight years ago, what we figured out was that there are more people not paying taxes in California than people paying taxes. So we understood from that moment on when that population flipped to more, more people on the dole than people contributing to the economy in California, that, that we would never have a say again in the state because people who are on the dole are going to always vote to stay on the dole. So that has become true and all of this money has been squandered. And there, there is a survey out right now, actually, that, that's happening right now. And it's going to be a production that you're going to see um, that, that is going to be one of the news stations talking to people that have left California and their reasons for it. But th this, this article is just shocking to me about how few people are footing the bill for everybody else in that state. And um, also the amount of people, I think it's a, if, if you do the, the, the math, it's a plus 700,000 that have left the state over the amount that have come into the state. So you know that you're having lots of illegals coming in, but over and above that 700,000 taxpaying people have left California in the last year. So it's, it's, it's really quite a mess. Well, where, where is all the money going? If the roads are in disrepair and, you know, there's so many problems in California, where is all of that money going is my number one question. And number two is why aren't, or maybe they are, and I'm just not aware, but I would certainly think that I, you know, we'd be hearing outrage, total outrage from more people in California. Why? I don't get it. Why do people accept this? Again, more people than not are taking the money. So you're not going to hear outrage from them. They're perfectly happy with it. And the people who are outraged are leaving California. So, so I mean, that that's your answer. That the, It doesn't do any good to say anything anymore. And where is the money going? I mean, I, I don't know exactly where it's going. It's going into things, uh, lots and lots and lots of money is going into things like uh, they, they, they support the illegal immigrants in that state. So your money is going to their doctor bills, their schooling, all their all of those things that that help support them. So, you know, I can't I can't tell you they have the train to nowhere, which has been billions of dollars, which is going nowhere. And, you know, I mean, just a lot of garbage. They don't they haven't fixed the infrastructure of, say, the dams there, which is a huge problem. They don't do anything for the management of the trees, which is why they have all the forest fires all the time. They, they are not taking care of the people of California. Most of their money, in my opinion, seems to go to woke causes. Um, they, they've got, oh, great drug programs. If you're a drug user, you can, you can go to a safe place and you can use your drugs and things like that. That, that those things take a lot of money, but, but to things that help the general population of California, no, not so much. I love the phrase on the dole, 
you have to say it with a British accent because that's where it originated. <laughs> on the dole, especially the British government. Wow. The, the definition, receiving money that a government gives, it actually says, especially the British government, gives to people who do not have jobs or who are very poor. Good grief. But <laughs> the number of people that are on government assistance in California, and then you have the homeless, um, is remarkable. I mean, there's clearly some dysfunction happening in California. And California is usually or typically the first place where new and wonderful and innovative and they'll do it first because even if it's crazy, that's where crazy starts. Um, but to have that kind of a deficit and then to have, uh, what was the percentage of um, paying the taxes? 1%. Yeah. What a mess. What a mess. That's a mess. And you know, so many democratic states that their, their view is, Oh, whatever California does, we'll do. And and they do. And this is to say that that's not the right thing to be doing. They have taken a beautiful state with beautiful weather, with beautiful scenery, and, and just destroyed the, the state. And they, they've made it just a haven for illegal immigrants and homeless and taken beautiful cities like San Francisco and made it a hellhole. I mean, these places are awful. They're, they're Los Angeles, Oakland. Uh, so many cities are just riddled with crime. It's it's just absolutely horrible what what they've done to that state. So that's my my soapbox for today. And it's, and, you know, it's, can, but what's even scarier is that this is who they're talking about putting up as their as their candidate for the for twenty four for twenty four. Absolutely. Well, and that that is the point is that he absolutely has presidential aspirations. And, you know, there, there are many people who say he's a good looking guy. He'll go far with that. He's got the silver tongue. He's got the Obama silver tongue. He's Nancy Pelosi's nephew. He's got, he's got that backing. However, my personal opinion, and this is only my personal opinion. I think this man is the devil in disguise. He is so very disturbing to me and very concerning because he just doesn't think in any which way of what is good for the people of California or the people of America. And if you just look at California, you could not possibly vote for him for America. But uh, I don't I don't trust what what the voters sometimes I don't understand what they think. I don't understand the last two elections. So I don't know where we're going with this. Well, you know, you mentioned that he's a handsome guy. Think back to John F. Kennedy and Nixon and the fascination that Americans have with attractive people. And I know it sounds super shallow because it is. But when you have somebody who's charismatic and handsome and attractive, you get a certain percentage of people that are going to vote for him just for that. I mean, people will say, oh, he's another Kennedy. He's young. He's handsome. He's wealthy. He's Nancy Pelosi's nephew. Surely he's got to be good. And they and they'll ignore facts because well, they're just looking at superficial. 
that I think that's definitely true to a large extent because so many people don't even have a clue about any of up in any campaign. But um, the 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 person that scares me even more. I mean, he scares me, no question, as a potential candidate. But the person that scares me even more is Michelle Obama, and. I, you know, if, if she were to run, I, I just find, I think that the, it seems to me that the democratic base is just enamored with her and she, I feel is going to be an extension of Obama and even much worse now, even much worse. So I don't know. Considering. Sorry. She's considering. Oh, I don't even, she hasn't come out and said that, but you know, there's always this talk about Michelle Obama as a, a very strong candidate for the democratic party. Um, whether or not she, she hasn't said whether or not she is considering, but she's, she's been talked about quite a bit. Yeah, I think she would. I, I think that that couple is very power hungry, but I don't know anybody more power hungry than Gavin Newsom. So, you know, we, we'll have to see what happens and all he's waiting for is to see if Joe Biden is going to run. And the, he's already said that if Joe Biden doesn't run, he is going to run. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, hey, real quickly, um, Nikki Haley has jumped into the race on the Republican side. Um, any quick thoughts on Nikki? I like Nikki Haley. I, I've i always thought that she is kind of a voice of reason. And I like the way she vocalizes the positions in a very calming um, you know, controlled way. Um, she doesn't come off as crazy or she doesn't sound nutty or anything like that. Um, you know, I have heard and read people who, I mean, I think Ann Coulter just came out and just like skewered her over how it said that she's not smart and she's called her an idiot. And I don't know. I never saw that side of Nikki Haley. So, you know, I'm sure as we get to know her more and more, we'll see. But so far I like her. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if she could win. I don't know if she could beat Trump. I don't know if she could beat DeSantis if he jumps in. But I, you know, she appeals to me. Yeah. I haven't found any. And I have to be honest, I haven't. I haven't taken a deep dive into or even a shallow dive into the candidates yet. I'm kind of politics hasn't ever been my thing. So I kind of put my head in the sand a little bit when it comes to this full confession. But my husband loves to talk about it. So you can't help but hear about it. My husband and my parents love to talk politics. Um, and my, my parents are super conservative. And I respect that. I'm more middle of the road. True confessions. But I haven't found anything from what I've heard them discuss and the headlines that I breeze through that I dislike about her. Um, she seems strong. And I personally would really like to see a female in the White House. I I just have this thing where I firmly believe that the natural capabilities that a female have to offer is something that we really, really need. If it's the right female. Yeah. Absolutely. Abs yeah. Oh, absolutely. She's strong as well. Um, I don't know if she if, if she would win. I I still like Mark Pompeo a lot. And I like DeSantis a lot, and I like Trump a lot. So I'm I'm waiting like you are, Becky. I'm waiting uh, for much more information and to see what they all have to say, because I would take any one of them over what we 
have going on right now. I find that he's, inter- he's going to run again. I mean, he's, is he 80? Biden? Biden? I think yeah. he's. He'll be 81, I think, when he runs again. Yeah. And there was just a report out that he had a physical and he's, he had complete, the doctor said, you're great. You're healthy. I didn't read anything about his mental capacities. They said, well, in the meantime, he that? just fell as he, as he was getting on the plane to come home from Poland. He just I, fell up the stairs again. I don't know if you just saw that. Oh, I but. think that, the, the, but they said that that was a, um, that was fake. Fake? That, that was faked. Yes. What that, they all over the internet that that was faked. And, oh, and like, that didn't really happen. Somebody photoshopped something. See, this is crazy. Yeah, don't so know who, knows, who knows what's what's right or wrong? But you know, I'm I'm looking forward, sort of, to the campaigns to see you know what where we come out, and I, I I just hope we can get through the next two years. That's my concern because we have so much going on in the world that right now is very concerning that we have to get through those issues, and we will talk about those issues more in the upcoming shows. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 